Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? How is your boy? This is Len, a.k.a. The Back Triple. And in these waning days of August, and dare I say summer, mm, that's true. perhaps we are returning to Mother May I. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. With the film chosen by Lynn Webb, The Mothers. The Mothers. About a band of female pro- pirates who go undercover at a prison camp. <laughs> on a coffee plantation to rescue their leader's sister. Directed by Sir- directed and written mm-hmm. by Sirio Santiago. Yes, the it's great Sirio Santiago. The great Sirio Santiago. No, that's not right. It was written by Cyril St. James. I'm getting my very, very filmic names mixed up. Okay. Both of them sound like names like film people would have. Okay, but there is the great Cyril Santiago. Absolutely. Who directed this. Absolutely. Yes. Stars Jeannie Bell, Roseanne Caton, Trina Parks, and Miss Jane Kennedy. I know we're going to get into it. Jane Kennedy so fond. Not for one moment did she look like she was on an island. No. On a plantation. Mm-hmm. Like Jane Kennedy looked like she just walked out of the dressing room yes. in makeup. Yes. Every single scene she was in. Every single scene. She looked like she just walked out of the dressing room in makeup onto the set. They said action and she said, line please. But before we get into that. Lynn, how are you today? How, what's going on? What's going on? I'm doing great, Vincent. I'm doing great. Shout out to each and every one of you as we are streaming live to YouTube as well as to Facebook from Young Junk here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Yes, sir. And shout out to each and every one of you out there in the chat as we are streaming live. I see Jeffrey Thomas, Deborah Battle, Robert Monroe Jr., George Kimona, um, Aaron Fry, LaDame, everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, one and all. Yes. Um, we are going to get right to it, ladies and gentlemen, because we, we got have, to get to the mothers. We, yeah, the mothers, is, the mothers is they waiting. So we want to get right to it. We're not going to waste any time. All right. And we're going to kick off the show with notes from all of you. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails. Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Vincent, yes, sir. We've got um, quite a few emails this week. Okay, a full mailbag. We've got another email from Michael Sykes. Michael, watching the show and reviewing it in 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 real time. In real time, he's watching and reviewing the show while we're reviewing something else in real time, and then he's sending us a letter. So maybe he's watching us read his letter. And reviewing the show where we're about to review. This is some old Black Mirror stuff. It is. It's layers to this thing. The the subject line for this email from Michael. Okay. Is pathetic justice, <laughs> a.k.a. poetic justice. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right. 
Hello there, Len and Vincent. This is Michael Sykes. Hello, Michael. He actually puts his full name in the email. In the email. This is Michael Sykes. This is Michael Sykes. I heard the podcast episode where you all talked about the 1993 film Pathetic Justice, a.k.a. Poetic Justice, okay. starring Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur, directed by John Singleton. Mm -hmm. This movie was uh, bland, like the original flavor of Kick's cereal. Mm. Janet Jackson ew, is not putting anything into the film. It was like Singleton told her at ghetto, her chemistry with <laughs> Tupac fell flat. Mm -hmm. I believe Mr. Singleton was still riding high off of, off of his success of his di directorial debut, Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. And Ma Michael Jackson's Remember the Time music video. I forgot that he directed that. I forgot that was before this. Yeah. Well, oh, so he really was. Yeah. The studio was pressuring him to do another movie and he didn't know where to go Um which clearly showed the soundtrack was whack. The only thing the soundtrack did was introduce us to a young up and coming artist named Usher Raymond with his 1993 song called call me a Mac, which went to number 56 on the U S R and B and hip hop uh, hit charts. All right. Someone has done some research. Michael is getting his wiki on. I see. The movie has great side characters that yes. could do way better than the pathetic justice woman herself, <laughs> Janet Jackson. <laughs> Mr. Singleton could have made a whole movie with just the side characters. For example, there could have been a movie just about Jesse and her salon and her salon, mm -hmm. played by the fun as one actress Tyra Farrell. Yes. We got time for Tyra Farrell. Uh, with the rest of the side characters, such as Mickey Howard, Regina King, Roger Gouverneur Smith. Yes, sir. And even Keith Washington. Keith Washington did a better job than Janet Jackson. Yeah. When Roger Gouverneur Smith and Keith Washington were being confrontational, I felt that. And I wanted more because it was believable. I wanted to stay in that salon. The movie could have just taken place for two hours in Jesse's salon. Well, very true. Very yeah, true. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, this movie does nothing to, uh, for me. Singleton put no effort and soul into this movie as he did in Boys in the Hood, Hustle and Flow, The Four Brothers, and it shows. Pac did a great job, though. Um, P.S., can Mr. Williams okay. do the six degrees of Derville Martin to Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band? It's so funny because I just saw the OJs in the Fighting Temptations. Mm. And I put a pin in that. This is this is gonna be hard. Yeah, I'm done, I don't know what Charlie Wilson. Who knows? Was in. Does Charlie Wilson even remember he was in this movie? He, 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 Did he say what Charlie Wilson was in? No, he, he, gives, he gives the answer. Okay. Because um, this, trust me, this can only be the answer. Like, okay. there's no other path. Right, right, right. Derville Martin played in Hell Up in Harlem. Sure. Co-starring Tony King. Okay. Who played nice. as... Played in Sparkle yes, from 1976. Did. Yes, he did. He was satin. Which uh, which starred Philip Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Philip Michael Thomas starred in a 1978 movie called Death Drug. <laughs> okay. In which Philip Michael Thomas was at a club and the house band was the Gap, Gap band 
And the lead singer was Charlie Wilson. Now, the thing about that, and we don't know, and I didn't look look it up, because I read these in real time, we don't know if Charlie Wilson was credited. Sure, 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 sure. But I mean, you know. So, but that's how you accept it. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'm giving him credit because he pulled out Tony King. That's very true. Yeah. Good one. Very good one. So thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm. There's a documentary about Tony King. Because he converted to, I believe, Islam and changed his name. What did he change his name? I I, actually, I don't remember his name, but I, the documentary is about his journey. And I really like his like that guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got another email, Vincent. This is from Ellis Heron. Hey, what's up, Ellis? I haven't heard from him yeah. for a minute. Hey, fellas. Thank you for your review on Willie Dynamite. Yes. From last week. <laughs> yes. It lived up to everything I was hoping for. <laughs> Even the top five didn't disappoint. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I knew the pimp council scene was going to be a topic of discussion. Oh and I agree that it now pales in comparison to Black Dynamite scene. It does. The funny thing is I saw Black Dynamite before Willie Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So it was cool seeing the original blueprint. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that I was a little disappointed in Willie Dynamite when I first saw it. I was rooting for the guy from the beginning, but like you said, he couldn't get his feet on solid ground with the way everything kept shifting underneath him. Mm -hmm. However, the movie grew on me after time, and I came to appreciate everything else that worked in the film. I know there's been comparisons between this and The Mac. Mm -hmm. They both had similar endings, but which one was the better pimp movie overall? And speaking of endings, the internet seems to think the freeze frame at the end of Willie Dynamite is him on his way to Sesame Street. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) He he doesn't, it's not not long after this. He's playing with kids. Yeah. Like it is kind of funny that he's playing with kids in the street. That's right. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Is it just me or did that other detective in Willie Dynamite look like a discount version of Ernest Borgnine? Um, mm. he, 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 he looks like a, a discount version of Ernest Borgnine. He actually, I, I don't know the actor's name, yeah, but, but he actually, um, played a recurring character, Inspector Callahan from Internal Affairs on Barney Miller. Nice. Well, he was all throughout the seventies. Yeah. 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 He was all throughout the seventies. So right. which one do you think was the better pimp movie? Willie Dynamite or The Mac? We haven't reviewed. The we Mac haven't yet. reviewed the Mac, and in full disclosure, I haven't watched the Mac in, in a long time, probably fifteen years. But I've always been of the opinion that the Mac is overrated. Uh, I, I, I believe yeah, that. Like I think the Mac is over. Like I think the Mac gets it's it's, it's the Mac is a lot of mood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more sizzle than steak. Okay, if I remember it correctly. See, I have a funny feeling. I'm going to feel the same way about the Mac that I feel about Superfly. It's like because I was just about, I was just fixing my mouth to say the way you talk about Superfly mm-hmm. is what I think of the Mac. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Willie Dynamite. I will go out on a ledge though and say I'm fairly certain that Willie Dynamite is going to be a more competently made film mm. than the Mac. Who directed the Mac? If only I had some type of device where you could look I could up look up. Look up said information. If, if only some type of miraculous device the existed that I could just type in the Mac. Michael Cambus. Michael Cambus. Hmm. 
No, no, do, does he have any other works, claim of works? Oh, uh, let's see. What is it? Uh, he directed The Education of Sonny Carson, which is a film that I enjoy. Okay. But besides that, no. Okay. All right. No, so. We have one more email, Vincent. All right. This is from Daria Benson. Hey, Daria. Greetings. You are the best. Oh, well, thank you. When you floated the idea of a documentary month, I thought September was a natural as a back to school month. Mm -hmm. I love the creative name Doc to School. For those who don't know or are not uh, subscribers to our regular newsletter because they got it first, such as Daria, September will be devoted to documentaries this year and every year uh, ongoing Mm -hmm. as we go Doc to School for September. And um, we will hit you with our lineup of documentaries um, at the end of the show. Absolutely. Um, she goes on to talk about a, a bit of our lineup, so I'm not going to like uh, spoil that. Thank you for your years of entertainment and information. Even if I have no interest in a movie like Willie Dynamite, okay. there was always something interesting in each show. Well, good. I'm good. Be well, Daria. Well, we haven't heard from Daria in, in, in a minute, so it was nice to hear from yeah, her. Thank absolutely. you, Daria. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We, 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 I, I think we talked about it before we were talking, but I always think about in um, talking about the tension in the pimp imagery in something like Black Dynamite, where, where it's a throwaway line in the movie with Crenshaw Pete and his hot ass hangers. And then it turns into a thing like a bit in the cartoon. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, he's got like, you, you know, hanger motifs. Right. Right. But it is, it's like, mm, yeah, mm, it's a little, mm, a little cringy. Let's go back to chocolate giddy up. I don't want to talk about yeah. Crenshaw Pete anymore. Very sure, true. Yeah. Uh, we do have one more email. One more email. This is from Ro. Hey Ro. Greetings, gentlemen. I am a new subscriber to the podcast and YouTube page. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome. Born and raised in Philly. All right. But my mom, dad, and sisters are all from Baltimore. Hey. I grew up spending every holiday visiting my aunts and uncle in Edmondson Village in right. Bmore. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What's, what's so special about Edmondson Village? Just a it's just an area. Just an it's area. just an area. My godfather lives in Edmondson Village right now. All right. Yeah. So oh, after, he, after hearing... Some be more references. Yes, sir. And the word John. Yeah. yeah. I knew this was a podcast for me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. One topic I find very interesting is the, is this a black movie topic? Yes. Recently, I was watching the Blues Brothers for the millionth time. Yeah. But for yeah. the first time wondering, is this a black movie? I'm watching James Brown, Cab Calloway. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Aretha Franklin, Shaka Khan, Ray Charles, mm-hmm. and John Lee Hooker with a soundtrack featuring Sam and Dave and Fat Domino. Mm-hmm. So I ask, is The Blues Brother a black movie? Your fan, Ro Love. Thank you, Ro. Well, that is something that has come up a lot. Yeah, it has. About The Blues Brother. I mean, even if you approach it from the... um the unkind perspective that it's cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Blue Bro- Blues Brothers bit. Yeah. 
but it has definitely come up and and I don't I, I don't know if I have an answer. I don't know if you do. I don't know because there's a part of me that because it could not exist without blackness. It it can't exist without blackness. Yeah. But and and, and as much as the movie is about ostensibly black music. Mhm. It is also about the appropriation of black music. Right. You know, um, there's a part of me that think that maybe you, maybe it, it is a black film. I think I land on that, especially considering that we have on here on this on this on this podcast, we've reviewed films like Soul Man mm-hmm. um, or. Um, Black Like Me, mm-hmm. the name of that. Yeah, oh yeah, was yeah. So that kind of like explore that space a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that this is one that it's. I think you could make that argument. Well, that and and just to add to that, I, I know we have discussed films that have this place in the culture, for good or ill that I think it's important to have black voices discuss them. Okay. Like, like frankly, I think we're overdue to talk about gone with the wind. Oh, really? Which is, is very much a white film. Yes. But it did so much to further that sort of mythology of the lost cause when we talk about images of blackness in film, mm-hmm. in my mind, that falls right under another film that we're overdue to discuss, which is the original Birth of a Nation, where these are films that aren't necessarily black films. And in the case of Birth of a Nation, there actually aren't any black people in it. Yeah. But so much of it mm-hmm. is about race informed by race yes influenced race yeah that i feel like our voices should be in the course of criticism about it because i don't think there are enough certainly black people have talked about them but i don't think there have been enough black people talking about it i could ride with you on both films but i think like Birth of a Nation, I think you're right. It's not a black film, but it is a black film. Right. Right. So I can ride with you on talking about that. Going with the win, I think the the only the, the main reason our voices need to be heard on that film is because of the cultural relevancy of that film. Um not so much the portrayal of us in there because there are plenty of other films at that time where that portrayal is just as prevalent, but because, you know, Hattie McDaniels did win the Oscar for that. So that does, that gives, allows you to talk about that film and then to by product of that discuss our depiction in all the other films of that era that have just just as similar. Sure, but but again, I think what what separates it from just the portrayal, which you're right, like like you could throw a rock 
at a black actress in media during that time and hit something as egregious as Butterfly McQueen and Addie McDames is again, like it really did single-handedly change the country's perception or part of the country's perception of the Civil War and the Confederacy. And, and, oh, okay. Okay. and there were so many deliberate changes to the story from the novel. Like in the novel, you know, Rhett Butler, there's, I think there's like a whole subplot about him being a Klansman in the novel that they leave out in the movie because they are intentionally kind of massaging and putting forth this mythology that is going to become, you know, what we kind of grapple with right now. Yeah, but don't you, you know, but don't oh, you the think, Confederacy and, and the, the, the war. But don't you the, think that the country around that time was already in the midst of um, reclaiming, sure. you know, their, their own hypocrisy as far as the, the Civil War? Because at that point, you know— the the Union Jack the 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 Confederate flag is still being heralded. Well, big time. Actually, no, because remember, a lot of those flags don't come about until the fifties. I thought there was still like some of them that that were on display were down around, in the south, but it doesn't turn into the hoo ha until the, until the Civil Rights Movement. Like that's when it turns into a thing. Yeah, but the statues are already are already being a lot of them aren't. That's what so I'm you're saying. saying. The statues don't even come until the fifties. I'm saying a lot of them. Yes, I'm saying the 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 the, the across the board bullshit now. Right, right. A right. lot of it started. Dare I say, most of it started during the civil rights movement. But stuff like Gone with the Wind, which is 1930, whatever, 39, 39, and um, you know, Birth of a Nation before that. Mm-hmm. Is what kind of made it nationwide. Well, yeah, well, like, certainly like, birth of a nation. Right, like, like I'm birth a white... of a nation is 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 um like noted right as, as like rebirthing right. But a lot of it was regional. But then you have gone with the wind. Now you got white people in Vermont going, oh, okay, you know right. this, that, and the other, and 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 all of this, that, and the other includes. You know, this happy Negro, well, mm-hmm. you know, Butterfly McQueen and Hattie McDaniels yeah. and everything that goes in that. Yeah. And like this exchange, I think would be wonderful for an hour. Okay. Where like instead of off the dome, we actually, you know, do Michelle mission stuff and look up some stuff and this, that, and other. But okay. sort of what is and is not a black movie has been, I mean, that's part of the first conversation we ever had. It is. And I think that's the conversation, you know, now 300 plus episodes in mm-hmm. worth revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know. Well, thank you, Ro. Is that still Ro? That was Ro. Thank, thank you. you, Ro. All right. We're keeping right. this train moving. All right. It is now time for the top five. Top five. Who's your top five? Ladies and gentlemen, where I have a list and I give it to Vincent and he gives my top five on it. And Vincent, oh, I've got a list. All right. I have got a list for you. All right. Um, We actually kind of 
tip things a little bit mm-hmm. at the beginning of the, of the the episode when we mentioned that we're going to be reviewing the mothers, mm-hmm. which is directed by the great Serial <laughs> Santiago. Okay, the great, the great. All right, Serial. Somebody really like Hermosa Santiago. I really like Ebony and Ice. Who was a prolific Filip- uh, Filipino film producer, director, and writer. Yes. Who, and prolific, does not do the man justice. He directed everything and he directed it fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was oh, about yeah. getting it in, getting it done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was Filipino. And he did a lot of his films in the Philippines. In the Philippines, that's right. Right there in the Philippines. Now, in the 80s mm-hmm. and into the 90s, his uh, stock and trade, because of what was happening in the in the country and in Hollywood, you know, he's never, you know, was always looking for a trend. Mm-hmm. The 80s and in the 90s, his stock and trade were Vietnam films. Yeah, movies yeah. about the Vietnam War, about somebody just dealing with some PTSD, and right? Got to go rescue somebody, R- right? It was all about it was all about you know, big hardcore Vietnam movies, man. That that that's what the man did. Okay, and uh, at that time, at that time in the eighties and in the eighties and nineties, movies like uh, One Man Army and mm-hmm. uh, A Son. Uh, Beyond the Call of Duty, Raiders of the Sun. You know, this man, uh, and he also did Eye of the Eagle 2, Inside the Enemy. Like, the man was just, he, he mm-hmm. went hardcore. Were these direct-to-video films, or? Most of them were direct-to-video. Sure, direct-to-video, sure. but, like, you know, you know. In some places, I'm sure they've played in some movie houses. These feel like Cinemax films at 3 in the morning. Right. Came in. <laughs> but that was in the 80s and 90s. Sure. But in the 70s. Yes, ladies. sir. Oh, in the 70s. Yes, sir. The great Serial Santiago. Mm-hmm. His stock in trade was the ladies. Hey. And not just any ladies. No. These were badass ladies. Oh, yes. Yeah, look. We about to talk about the mothers. We about to talk about the mothers. But before we talk about the mothers, we are going to talk about the top five chicks of Serial Santiago. All right. I like this already. These are the top five black chick mm. movies mm-hmm. that Serial Santiago mm-hmm. got down with. Vincent, are you ready? Oh, I am ready for this. This one was made for you. Yes, sir. Who is number five? Well, we no. We are going to go in chronological order. All right. To show how this man got down. And see how he got down. Who is first? Number one. Yes. From 1974. Mm-hmm. TNT Jackson. Yes. You got a long way to go to catch up with me because, baby, I was born beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is TNT Jackson starring who, Vincent? Oh, Lord, it just left my head. Jeannie Bell, that's right. She is relentless, right. hilariously is hostile Bell. as the titular character, tangling with an evil gang, looking for revenge, and busting out the five-finger death punch. 
Like, Man, I love Jeannie Bell so much. <laughs> I love Jeannie Bell so much. Jeannie Bell, who is the star yes, she of is. The Mothers. Yes, she but is. But this is the movie in 1974 that put this former Playboy playmate and by former, on the mat. Give her, give her her props. I believe Jeannie Bell was the first black playmate. She was the first black playmate. Right, yes. centerfold. Centerfold. Yeah, she was the first black playmate. Yeah, and she was the first mm-hmm. black playmate to appear on a Playboy cover, not That's solo. Right. She right. was in a group, but she was right. on a That's right. on a cover of That's Playboy. That's right. Jeannie Bell. Yes. Um She stars That's a good in good start. She stars in TNT Jackson. Now, as much as she is the star of this, you know who actually is the real star of that movie? Is Gloria Hendry in there? No. Who's in it? Well, th- th- that's not who I'm referring to. Who? The real star is Michelle Mission favorite, the one and only Silky Smooth Stan Shaw. Nice. Who, according to the review, is an underrated character actor with real karate and judo chops who pops up everywhere from Rocky to Roots to the Monster Squad. Yeah. And he really gets to shine in TNT Jackson as both the villain and romantic lead. Yeah. And uh, this is a deep cut, too. TNT Jackson is a deep cut. <laughs> um, but, and unlike a lot of films in uh, of this time mm-hmm. where there's a badass black woman and she's out for revenge, the revenge is usually, as you'll see in The Mothers, it's because they're out looking for their sister. Right. In TNT Jackson, she is looking for her brother. Right. Uh, pretty sure that's what happens in Coffee too, right? Doesn't her brother OD? I, wasn't the brother? Pretty sure her brother. Wait, I think it was this. I thought it was the sister. Or my thing in Foxy Brown. One of them, her brother OD. Yeah, maybe one of them because right, right, they, they switch them up. Right, but you're right. Right. Yeah. All right. That's All right. A, that's number one. Look. All right. Of the films of Serial Santiago. Right, and, I'm, and I'm glad you're doing them in chronological order because then I'd be sitting here thinking of four people. Better than Jeannie Bell. From 1976 at number two. Okay. We have Ebony, Ivory, and Jade. That's right. Mm. And who is Ebony? Uh, oh, just, wow. I didn't think you were going to ask me for that. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think you were going to ask me. I mean, me. you know, I'm interested in Ivory and Jade, but... It certainly makes sense. Is Ebony, is that, is that Jeannie Bell too? No, no, no. Jeannie Bell is not it is not in uh, Ebony, Ivory, and Jade. I will tell is you. Is Roseanne Caton in that? You would think, but no, it's not Roseanne Caton. I will tell you. And uh, You're right. It is Roseanne Caton. Yeah, okay. And Colleen Camp mm-hmm. and Christy Mayuga mm-hmm. uh, in there. Roseanne Camp, who, I mean, Roseanne Caton, who I have a lot to talk about when we review the movie. I uh, also love her. I'm sure I don't know. know if she was the second play, black playmate, but she was in the first three or four. Did she? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ebony Ivory and Jade by the one and only Cyrano San- mm-hmm. Santiago, made in Manila, Philippines, mm-hmm. um, is features five female athletes are kidnapped during an international track meet in Hong Kong. Sure. Then not? fight their way to freedom. As one does. After being recaptured several times. Yes. Yes. I mean, look. <laughs> Sure. 
There's a running theme of people being captured. Right, and then recaptured. And recaptured. Right, right. It's a lot of a lot of women being grabbed from the back, so they shake. Yes. Yeah, I know. Oh, yes. You got to shake them. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ebony yeah. Ivory and Jade stars Roseanne Caton as mm-hmm. track star Pam Rogers, uh, the Ebony of the title. Yes. Colleen Camp co-stars as Ginger Ivory Douglas. Right, she's an Ivory. Her privileged track and field white rival. Sure, sure. And meanwhile, Christy Mayuga stars as Jackie. She's probably Jade. A.K.A. Jade. A little racist, but it's the 70s. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Alfred and Sammy Davis Jr. sitting somewhere making salt and pepper, shaking their heads. <laughs> yes. Shaking their heads. Yes. So that's Ebony, Ivory, and Jade brought to you by Cereal Santiago. Yeah, that's, a, that's another deep cut. That's very uh, uh, a deep cut. Mm-hmm. That was in 1976. Mm-hmm. Okay. We now move to 1978. Mm Mm-hmm. And with 1978, with our man Sirio Santiago, Mm Mm-hmm. The wheels start to come off the tracks. Uh Uh-oh. Watch out now. Because in 1978, we have vampire hookers. (laughs) I'm not familiar with vampire hookers. A sinister vampire Mm -hmm. sends out a horde of undead beauties. As one does. (laughs) <laughs> to bring back victims for his dinner. Okay, all right. In typical select, uh, sexploitation fashion, the whole movie seems to exist to prop up an extended 10-minute orgy scene yeah. in the third act. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. You got to bring it home. Three gorgeous vampire chicks mm-hmm. who aren't even hookers and aren't really gorgeous seduce and then play oh, tag team nice. as they ravish what I'm reading the review nice. as they ravage one of the hapless sailor dudes while they all wreathe around in nothing but their little pastel colored panties. Okay. It certainly gives a new meaning to the phrase playing with your food. Oh yeah. Anybody <laughs> we recognize in this? There is nobody. Nobody. Note yeah. In uh vampire hookers. Vampire hookers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but that it's serial. It's number three. And that was number three. This is this is probably downhill from here, isn't it? Well, you be the judge, Vincent. All right. All because right. in 1988, oh lord, in 1988 we go to the year of 2021 AD. Uh oh, it's set in the far future. Yes, 2020. What is it? You said it was 2021. 2021. In the far future of 2021 AD. Mankind has crawled from the debris of a nuclear holocaust. Interesting you say that. Uh Oh, come on, stop. I know this. Women had been enslaved by a brutal army of men who survived the nuclear holocaust. Come on, man. It's, It's set in the far future of 2021 AD. Their only hope for freedom is in the hands of a nomadic band of fierce she water, she warriors called... The Sisterhood. The Sisterhood. Is that the name of the movie? That is the name of the movie. Name of the movies. I am intrigued by this film. <laughs> um, from somewhere between Road Warrior and the Beastmaster comes this mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic film. Sure. In a world ravaged by nuclear war, men are t- have taken over and enslaved most of the, uh, the women. Yeah. The Sisterhood is a group of scantily clad women of whom each has a special power and that's about as far as the plot makes hey, sense man, nothing says empowerment like your butt cheeks hanging out 
Lynn Holly Johnson mm-hmm. is stunning in this movie. <laughs> is she stunning? She's stunning. Stunning. So I'd watch it and say, "Wow, I don't know who that is, <laughs> but she's stunning." She's stunning in this movie, and although we don't get a peek at her breasts, okay, it's good to know that somewhere in our post-apocalyptic future, beautiful women will still be able to get a pair of tight jeans. That's right, and she looks amazing in them. Okay, all right, that is the sisterhood. The sisterhood from 1988. I have probably seen the sisterhood. Really? Oh my god! You got a thing for women and- in Jordache jeans? Well, yes, <laughs> but also. Every single solitary, schlocky, canon, straight to video, straight to uh, cable, <laughs> post Mad Max movie, I watched all of them. I love those. I love those movies. All right. All right. So let's see if you love movie number five. All right. New movie number five. Where are we at? I'm going to read the synopsis. All right. King Lim. (laughs) Is the oppressive ruler of a country on the verge of revolution. Okay. Okay. The CIA Mm. arranges a fake assassination to get him safely out of the country. But his daughter is captured in the ensuing melee and sent to The Rock, an island penitentiary known for its harshness. Mm-hmm. Agent Amanda commits mm. a local crime in order to infiltrate the prison sure. and rescue Princess Marga. Mm-hmm. Within, she predictably encounters official corruption, shifting allegiances, and a sleazy warden that make her task more challenging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The title implies a double meeting. Even at a very brisk 72 minutes, this is a total slog. I mean, a total slog. And yet, it may be right up your alley, Vince. What is the name of this film? Because in 1994, yeah, yeah, Serial Hermosa Santiago mm-hmm. gave the world Cage Heat 2. Caged Heat 2. Stripped of Freedom. Yeah, I, I'm I'm almost positive I saw this. <laughs> I'm almost positive because Caged Heat, Caged Heat was um 15 years before this. Speaking of playmates, wasn't one of the playmates in Caged Heat? I believe so. What was the famous playmate that they were trying to make an actress at that What was her name? Uh well, Cage Heat stars Juanita Brown, no, that's not Erica her. Gavin, yeah, I'm not thinking about and her. Barbara Steele. What am I thinking about? Yeah, but I know I saw Cage Heat. And if Cage Heat 2 was on cable, I'm, I'm sure I saw that. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, I love those movies so much. Oh, come on, man. I would come in. I would come in. At three, four in the morning. And you know how when you come in late, especially like when you're young and you're still like amped up. Uh-huh. And I would come in. And Damon's my brother on tonight. I didn't see Damon. I like, seen he, yeah, because you know, Damon is five years younger than me. So like I would come in when I was like 17. <laughs> and he was 12, but he Damon was always a night bird. 
Okay. So a night owl. So he was always up really late. So I would come in at three, four in the morning and be all amped up and Damon would be up. And we would like raid the kitchen mm-hmm. and turn on like cable. You, you know, because it was it was just let's like turn on, let's turn on cable. <laughs> there you go. You right. And it was right. You remember like Very HBO true. was was sort yes, of was. was like marquee stuff. But Cinemax really did just have or like Night Flight. Remember Night Flight on the USA channel would show oh, yes. like these yes. schlocky movies? Yes, yes. Oh my oh, come on, man. Four in the morning, like eating Pop Tarts and just sitting there because like you're too amped up to go to sleep. Or if it was Saturday, mm-hmm. like I don't know if 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 this was a rule. In my house, the rule was if you can stay out all night, you can go to church. So like I'd get in okay. at like four in the morning and like, you know, I always said like 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 my mom would would ask, you know, we go to early service, the eight o'clock service. Or the eleven o'clock service, and the eleven o'clock service was a trap. Yeah, because black church at eleven when ain't nothing coming, Negroes would just be in there. That's right. It's like four, and you know, people yelling out, "Take your time, past. And it's like we've been here for three hours. That's right. So eight o'clock service was the one to go to. That's very true. So you know, I'd come in and be amped up, and then you know, hell, I'd just stay up. Mm. I'd just stay up, and then at some point, take a shower, put on a suit, and Sit at the table, just wait for everybody else to get up. So I watched all of these movies. Uh, church wasn't a big thing in my house, so that that was fine. Mm-hmm. But my my Saturday ritual, especially if my my cousin uh, Tony, I rest his soul, was spending like in the summer. We mm-hmm. spend the summer with me. He was uh, two years older than me. Mm-hmm. He talked me into that after midnight. Because remember, the TV used to go off, ladies and gentlemen. Right, right. Used to right. go off. Right. Like it, it, it would say the Star Spangled Banner. That's right. And you see like the images of the flag. That's and old stuff like school. That. And then the TV would go off and it would just be snow mm-hmm. on the TV uh, if, if you had the TV on. But my, my cousin Tony, he told me that if you stay and, and watch the snow after on channel 12 which was the PBS station here in Philadelphia mm-hmm. after about maybe 15 20 minutes the TV will come back on mm-hmm. and it would show naked women <laughs> in movies right right so we would stay up looking <laughs> at snow and I swear to God, Vincent, you could not tell us. We'd stay, we'd be watching for like an hour and be like, I think I see it coming. I think you see. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Now, did you watch Benny Hill for that? Oh, but when Benny Hill hit? Right, right. You catch your titty on Benny Hill. Oh, my God. Right, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that was actually the phrase, too. I caught a titty. Yeah. Oh, but then, but the only thing about Benny Hill is like Benny Hill tricked me because Benny Hill was my introduction to British humor. Yeah. So, so watching Benny Hill and seeing like all these like titties running around, yeah. then I was like all of a sudden like Mighty Python was on and right, are right, you right. being served? Right. So I was like, oh, I gotta watch all the right, we gotta watch it all. At, <laughs> at some point, somebody's gonna take their shirt off, yeah. and then they didn't. Yeah. Not only did, did they didn't on Mighty Python, all the guys were playing the women. I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> This 
This is not, this is not what I was told. This is not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. All right, well, those are the films. A solid list. of the. That's a solid list. The great serial. Yes. Santiago. I love it. All right. All right. It is All right. now time. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's time for Six Degrees of Derville Martin. All right. That's the key. Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent two actors and he has six movies or less to connect them to the great Derville Martin. Yes, sir. One man's sexploitation here. Yes, he is. Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. I am ready. You are? Is it is it thematic? It is, is it connected thematic. to the mothers? Oh, in a way. In yes. a way. The the mothers mm -hmm. stars Jane Kennedy. Yes. Okay. So in six films or less, mm -hmm. connect Derville Martin to okay. Jane Fonda. Oh, Jane Fonda. Okay. All right. I don't want to get to Jane Fonda. And have some fun getting to Jane Fonda, actually. So Fun plays in the title of one of her movies, one of her more famous movies. So the really quick way, because I guess we're, we're, we're I'll, I'll do it fast. Fun. Well, you know, I was, I was going to go to nine. How to long five. are we going to be on the mothers? All right, all right. So, so <laughs> I would go to on Golden Pond, which is just Derville Martin to Henry Fonda to Jane Kennedy. How do you get from Derville Martin to Henry Fonda? I'm sorry, Derville Martin to um Audrey Hepburn. How do you get to Derville Martin to Audrey Hepburn? Wait, Spencer Tracy and um, what's Audrey Hepburn in um? Guess who's coming to dinner? Isn't it? No, it's not. Catherine Hepburn. Thank I'm you. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. But um, instead, I will say that Derville Martin is in. Just saw him too. Okay, because we just saw him in this. So Derville Martin is in um, Hell Up in Harlem mm -hmm. with with um, Fred Williamson. Who, I thought you were going to say Tony King. Who's in Three the Hard Way with Jim Brown. Who's in um, I just forgot it. We just reviewed it like a month ago. The Cowboy Movie. Oh, with uh, Raquel Bucks, 100 Rifles. 100 Rifles with Burton Reynolds, mm -hmm. who is in uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas with Dolly Parton, who is in 9 to 5 with Jane Kennedy. Very good. There you go. Very good. A film that I love. A film that I actually saw again, maybe, I think over the pandemic. And 100% holds up. It does. Like, it is a rock, like the bones of nine to five are amazing. Yeah. 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 It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Very good movie. Very good, Vincent. All right. All right. So I got another Jane or do I got a Kennedy? Well, the mother stars 
Jean or Ginny. Mm -hmm. Jean Bell. I don't know how you pronounce it. Bell. Mm -hmm. So in six movies or less, connect Mm -hmm. Dervell Martin to Gene Triplehorn. Oh, my God. Gene Triplehorn is one of those names that I know. Do you need to see her face? (sighs) Yeah, you got her up. There's her face. I'm showing it to her face. Oh, what was she in? She is always in something Mm -hmm. where I see her and I go, oh, she's not bad. Mm -hmm. Wow. The the movie that I most think about from her, I I did not realize was her first film. And what is that? It would be too bad. This would definitely get you started. Well, give me your last film then. Her most recent, Her most recent film. film is from 2020, Anna, A-N-A. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, I don't know what she's, I can't, I'm looking right at her and I'm trying to figure out what she was in. I'm looking at her filmography, I'm trying to, let me come up with a movie that maybe is not th- Totally a giveaway for you, because um, one would be. Uh, She's always like a mom, and either oh, or like a it? wife. Oh wow, she, Vincent! She's in a movie that you name check all the damn time. I'm not going to tell you this movie, because but you name check this movie all the damn time, all the damn time. Is she in one of the Will Ferrell movies? No. Oh, uh, she was in. Um, I'll give right, because that. that's not her in Step Brothers. That's um, what's her name? Not her. Uh, she was in Ted Whatchamacallit's Ted Danson's wife. Oh, Ann Archer. Um, she's in Time Code from two thousand. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. You don't know that one. She's in Mickey Blue Eyes. Yeah, you remember I Mickey Blue Eyes? Doesn't do anything for me. Um, okay. She was in, I'm, you may have seen this, Very Bad Things. Yeah, I didn't see that. You didn't see Very, oh boy, you're missing a good movie. Yeah, I, I mean, she does good work. Like I said, I know I'm looking right at her. You're missing a very good movie there. Yeah. She was in Sliding Doors. Another good movie. Is this, that's like, is that Kate Winslet? No, I think that is, um, when if Paltrow. Yeah, it's the same person. And, and it's he, not the same person. That's he, not fair. Kate Winslet is, is, is a very... It's they're a very, both, is well, a, they're both good Right, actors. very right. Exactly. But Kate Winslet is a, like a two-time Academy Award and, winner. And, and Gwyneth Paltrow, is, has, she hasn't won anything? I think she... Well, yeah, it, but it, she won a dubious one. They're clearly the same person. But I, who's the male lead in that? In Sliding Doors? Yeah, it's because it's like uh, one of them prestige white guys. John Lynch. Oh, that was so prestige. Yeah, it's it. That movie is basically about Gwyneth's character. Did you do you know the premise of Sliding? Yeah, Doors? yeah, absolutely. I, I think I saw Sliding Doors. It's a good movie. All right. Um, Wait, you said Gwyneth Paltrow's in it? Yeah. All right. Well, the easy thing is just now you can just just the Marvel, Marvel movie. Sludge. Yeah. So so, so 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 you know Derville Martin. Is in is is. You take me out when you go. This is, I mean, well, you know, once you once you connect him to the Marvel sludge, <laughs> it's just it's just going through the motions, right? Right. So so what is that? Derville Martin 
is in Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, mm-hmm. who's in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson. Yes. Who's in Iron Man. Let's just start at the beginning. Yes. With Gwyneth Paltrow. Very good. Who's man. in Sliding Door. So what, would I, what is she in that I know she's in? What, what am I name checking that she's in? Well, I'm not even going to go to that one yet. Okay. But her very first film uh-huh. was Basic Instinct. She's in, oh, is she the she's wife? The, she's the other, she's the, um, she's like, she's not like a wife. She's, she's like the the other woman. Right. In, in okay. That. All right. And you find out that she more or less is kind of like the, yeah, like she's the, it's her. Yeah. Um, she was in that and she's the wife. Oops, excuse me. Uh-oh. In the firm. I've never saw the firm. But Tom Cruise. I've never seen the firm. You've never seen the firm? I am not. If I and don't. Gene Hackman? I don't really watch the Michael Crichton lawyer things. That a Michael Crichton fan? I, I, well, I like. Because well, obviously you watch. Um, I like the science fiction stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No. No, no. Wow. Just not my thing. Okay, fair yeah, enough. So, yeah, I've fair. never seen the firm. Um, but the movie you name check all the damn time is Waterworld. She and that's actually I was sitting here when thinking, you say you see why her. am I looking at her in like some rags? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking, what am I thinking about this? She's in some rags. Yeah. That sure is her in Waterworld. Yes, it is. Yes. All right. But very good. Yeah. You, uh, you, you got there. I got there. You got there. Oh, yeah. you should have said Waterworld. Then we could have fun with Waterworld. Well, <laughs> I, that would have been giving it away. Yeah, you, okay. you could have connected yeah. to like 9,000 people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now you're all proud. I should have said that in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. That one, that one, no, I'm, now I'm happy I want to watch Waterworld. Yeah. Nobody needs to see Waterworld. Did you watch The Postman? I'm pretty sure I did. I don't really. That's the one with Lorenz Tate, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. I don't 100% like remember it. But I'm, Kevin Costner is very hit or miss with me. Oh, absolutely. But it's an interesting premise. What is the premise of that one again? The premise is it's 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 the post-apocalyptic world of yeah. 2000 and something. Yeah. And, and Kevin Costner's character is all ratty, mm-hmm. dirtied up, dirtied up. And he sees the corpse of a mailman. Mm. And takes the mailman's uniform off, and then he's traveling in in the mailman uniform from from settlement from post apocalyptic settlement to post apocalyptic settlement, and people remember mailmen, and they're like, "Oh, I think I have a sister in a settlement, you know, fifteen miles." So away. he's now s- so taking. The- here's a letter. If you see her, can you take it to her? And that's how these settlements start to get connected to one another. And then, you know, you have like some tin, some tinfoil monarchs of a settlement who's like, we don't want to be connected. And it turns into a whole thing. And then the, the, the mailmen turn into a thing and Lorenz Tate starts being a mailman too. I do. I, I, I kind of remember like he, the concept like is much more interesting. It's based on a book, based on a book. That's, yeah. Cause it's not, the concept sounds real. Yeah. Real dope. Yeah. Um, and I think I may have fallen asleep to it. It's not the best movie. Yeah. I actually think Waterworld is better just because Waterworld is actually bonkers. Right, right. 
Um, George Cremona, thank you, in the chat is pointing out this, that is, the firm is actually not Michael Crichton. It's John Grissom. That's who I meant. Of course. Because Michael Crichton, I don't know if Michael, does Michael Crichton, he writes the, the um, medical thrillers. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. John Grisham writes the lawyer. He does, because I, I think Michael Crichton wrote Coma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I meant John Grisham. Which, of course. But I said Michael Crichton. You did. Because medical thrillers, legal thrillers, what are two things that I'm not that interested in? None? No medical thrillers? You never saw Michael Co- Crichton? What's the what's the famous one that Michael Crichton wrote? The famous medical thriller? Yeah, it's uh, in the coma? What is the name of that movie? It's it's like a famous movie that I love Man, I that I can't think of right now. I thought it was coma. Um, not outbreak. It's like the first version of Outbreak from the 70s, I think. Oh. Um, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm glad you believe so. Let me see. Michael Crichton is known for science fiction and techno thrillers. Uh, he did The Andromeda the Strain. The Andromeda Strain. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Oh, he didn't do Coma. I love The Andromeda Strain. Who did Coma? That's not Michael Oh, he did. He, di- yeah, he directed say. Coma. Okay. He wrote and he wrote and directed, uh, of course, Westworld. Yeah. I, th- I thought he did right. coma. Right, right, right. I thought he did coma. All right. Oh, he wrote The Great Train Robbery. I love that movie. Oh. Sean Connery and um, Donald Sutherland. Okay. That's a funny, funny movie. I have no um, memory of it. I'm sure you don't. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I want to see Waterworld. You want to see Waterworld? world is bananas yeah, wow. I don't know if Dennis Hopper is on cocaine in the film but I don't know if Maybe. Dennis Hopper is on cocaine in this film because he is crazy in this movie I'm pretty sure I never saw the whole thing you gotta watch World of World from beginning it's a bananas movie do I really you kind of do I really don't it's bonkers I really don't. Kevin Costner puts himself on a fish hook mm-hmm. and throws himself in the water. Yeah, I saw, I've seen that the scene. Giant, the giant fish comes and gets him. I've seen that scene. Yeah. yeah. So, Waterworld mm-hmm. or they clone Tyrone? Which should I want? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Come on. All right. All right. Let's get to the mothers. Let's get to our review of the mothers. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. The Mothers. The most beautiful pirates that ever sunk a ship. Taking what they want until they invade an outlaw empire. Uh. Fighting females, unleashing their fury against the devil in his own playground. Where the devil has his own private hell. The black market and white slavery. Let this serve as a lesson that no one can escape Montero. No one! 
get you here for my convenience. And I can do any damn thing that I want. Take a look at this. A house nigger. <laughs> I don't think I have the stomach to do what you do. I have to go through a lot more than picking coffee beans, honey. A hell of a lot more. That's Burroughs. He's what you call a procurer for the flesh market. The Mothers. A match for any stud. There is no way out of here. I'm going to find it. On land, at sea, they make it happen. The Mothers. The Mothers, 1976 women in prison film. When a band of female pirates go undercover at a prison camp on a coffee plantation to rescue their leader's sister. That leader is, of course, Kelly, <laughs> the captain of the band of pirates, played by Jeannie Bell. Her first mate, Angie portrayed by Roseanne Caton. When they go to the prison camp, they meet fellow prisoners, Marcy, portrayed by Trina Parks, and a prisoner in a different kind of prison, Serena, portrayed by Jane Kennedy. Written by Cyril St. James and directed by the great Cirio Santiago, this 1976 film was the choice of Lynn Webb, Lynn, what you got to say about the mothers? <laughs> well, what I have to say is that I selected this film because there were five weeks in August, and I knew that we owed the missionaries one bad black movie. Yes. Because not only had we chosen in May, our usual month for bad black movies, the Cherokee Kid starring Sinbad, which proved to not be a bad movie. No, no. Solid movie. It also was not a feature film. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a cable movie. So sure. I owed y'all a bad black movie. Vince would have never paid up. But I knew that we owed you a bad black movie. Mm -hmm. So I chose The Mothers because this just sounded on its surface. Mm -hmm. as this had to be a bad black movie. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. stars, with all due respect, all Jeannie due Bell respect. and Roseanne Caton. Roseanne Caton, who has proven herself to be more than a capable actress. Are you going to talk about Roseanne Caton? Um, my introduction to Roseanne Caton was she had a recurring role in the, I believe in either the first two, but certainly the first season of Saint Elsewhere. Okay. Opposite one Denzel Washington. Oh, that's interesting. And I fell in love with her from there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, she does shows up in the 80s and on some mm -hmm. sitcoms sure. and stuff like that. But I always, I always knew her as, as of her as, a, as an actress. Okay. I had no idea that she had a, a life before as a Playboy playmate. So when I see a movie starring, <laughs> starring not one, but two Playboy playmates. Yes. And they're both black. I'm yes. like, oh, this has to be a bad black movie. Absolutely. So I'm giving you what I'm giving you what you need. Got to get the people. Give the people what they want. Yes. And in fairness, this movie is just bad enough to qualify as a bad black movie. Sure. So 
we don't owe you any more. Right, right, right. You have been debt paid. I, like we are on, I think we are on the same page right now. Go ahead. That being said. That being said. The mothers is motherfucking ridiculous. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way. Yes. Because oh, it is. Oh, thank goodness. Because I could not believe that I was sitting <laughs> sitting there. Enjoy might be too strong a word. <laughs> but I was entertained. Mm-hmm. But I was entertained mm-hmm. by the by the mothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, the 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 whole idea that these are basically pirates. <laughs> not basically. They are pirates. They are pirates. They are pirates on a schooner that is called the Mothers. Yes. Uh Kelly and Angie, Jeannie Bell and uh, Roseanne Caton lead this group of surly Filipino mm-hmm. mercenaries or pirates, I guess. And can I just clarify something? This is not like when we talk about Somali pirates and no. and, and the pirates. Like these are, they are wearing scarves. Yes. Like these are buccaneers. These are buccaneers. They're wearing scarves. They've got the swords. Well, okay. and the pistols. Okay, they they got daggers. They don't have swords. They've got. Da- she's got a dagger. Isn't she wearing a sword? She's wearing a. She's got a dagger. Kelly's not wearing a sword. The captain. If she has, if she if she wears a sword, she never branded. She never it. branded, but she had. I don't. I don't she remember. She actually her. looks like a swashbuckler. Okay, mate. Perhaps. Okay. I know. I know that. I know that uh, Angie is a woman with a dagger. Yes, and she walks. Talks, does everything with her dad. Like an old timey pistol. Did you see the one one of them had the old timey pistol? Like an actual pirate? Yes. All right, go yes. ahead. And, well, everything everything was pillaged. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and because the, the, the movie starts with them just like pillaging this <laughs> random like yacht. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out on the seas. Mm-hmm. Of course, filled with nothing but privileged white people. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Immediately, you're all in as, mm-hmm. as they just get taken for whatever they've got. And I don't know what they've got. They're out there. See, they're just having a party. So like, how much booty? You, whatever booty they're going to get. Whatever you, booty they got, the get. booty that they got. Um. So it, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Then they have to go up against a rival pirate <laughs> who who was led by the most. The most, like, I've never, the, <laughs> the most stereotypical Filipino pirate, complete with scarf. And, and, and I swear, I swear oh. he says, Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> God. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes it, everybody, everybody, even though, but they're pirates. And even though they're brandishing, some of them are brandishing swords and knives. They all like, to Vince's credit, they all have old guns that they have pillaged from uh, other places. (laughs) These guns, which have, you know, uh, 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 inexhaustible clips of uh, of ammo Mm -hmm. because they shoot 30, 40 bullets at a time Mm -hmm. before the one time in this film you see somebody actually change their clip. Um, No one shoots straight. No. No one knows how to shoot a gun. There There was no, like, gun training for the mothers. There was just, 
have gun, pull trigger. You know, we'll, sure. we'll make it up in post. Yeah. Um, but it's just ridiculous. The, the, the plot of this movie is that they're pirates who, for some reason, the government needs them to infiltrate an island where not only has um, Pirate Kelly's sister been kidnapped to, her mm-hmm. 16-year-old sister. Yes. Not only has she been kidnapped to, but the government has lost contact with the spy that they have planted on the island. Yes. So we need the pirates to go in there, rescue your sister, mm-hmm. but also reconnect us with our um our spy. Sure. And then we'll come a running. Yeah. This this the plot is ripped off from basically every black exploitation movie of, sure. the, of the time. Sure. But more specifically to my mind, this is basically Enter the Dragon. I'm, I was about to say, you said black exploitation. I was like, yeah, but yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is Enter, the, Enter dragon. the Dragon. It's Enter the Dragon yeah. straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they have to go onto this go on this island, infiltrate this, this woman's prison, which uh, hides itself in the guise of a coffee plantation. Right, right, because they make the women prisoners harvest harvest coffee. the coffee beans. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm like, are you are you are we serious here? With we are one hundred percent. We are one hundred percent serious. Are we serious with this? And then, not once, not twice, but not three, four times they try to get away. They keep getting caught, and each time they get they get caught, somebody else dies. They try and get away. The person they're trying to contact, the spy, she dies. Mm-hmm. They try to get away again. The sister, who we've never met in the movie no. until we see her hanging up dead, mm-hmm. um, she dies. Mm-hmm. Then they try and get away again. Their government liaison, he's got caught. He's dead. Yeah. Everyone dies. Yeah. In this freaking movie. But the funniest part, every time they get away, Roseanne Caton. We've already said, not a bad actress. Solid. Solid actress. But you know what? Roseanne Caton, I got much props for her. Because Roseanne Caton does her own stunts. Yes, she does. She does karate chops. She she does does. backflips. Yes. She does bending. She does a kick around a a post. She was a very limber young lady. She's she's quite quite athletic. Yes, she was. She has a dancer's body. Oh my God. And I love Easy. dancers. Let's stay on task. But mm. oof, oof, it was a lot of movement. It was a lot of movement for Roseanne Caton. Mm-hmm. Yes, she can private dance for me anytime. Oh. Um, I got mad props for her. <laughs> Jeannie Bell, yeah. on the yeah. other hand, yeah. our lead. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. The captain. The captain. So by definition, she the toughest She's one. She's supposed to be the toughest one, the mm-hmm. leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. But she ain't got no time for no stunts. <laughs> she ain't got no time for no stunts. Mm-hmm. And the great Serial Santiago, writer, producer, and director of this film, he ain't got no time to find no women stunt artists either. No. So 
send in somebody who must be Jim Kelly's brother. <laughs> dressed up in a curly afro wig. Because he likes 6'3". Jeannie Bell is 5'2". But when she goes into action, all of a sudden, this six foot three NBA player steps out on a scene, always with his back to the camera, doing backflips, look, and and always back kicks, look, and if throwing people over the shoulder. If you gonna get a stunt man, it, damn it, let him do some stunts, and. Does his best Tarzan imitation, swinging from tree to tree. I'm just waiting for him to just yell. Do the Tarzan yell in this movie. It was the most shameless stunt double I think I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not the most shameless I've ever seen. But what what was more shameless than this? Or egregious? The most egregious is the man with two heads when (laughs) that's what you're going to pull the brother literally just has like a balloon on the back of his head as he rode riding the motorcycle (laughs) well that's special effects i mean a stunt double that's what that is right is that what that is yeah but but here's the thing I was entertained the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was I was sitting there watching the whole freaking movie. Jeannie Jeannie Bell, look, she as as an actress, she's a good play playmate. Mm-hmm. Um, Roseanne Caton to me carries this movie. Yeah, on yeah. her shoulders. Yeah, Trina Parks show up shows up. Trina Parks, who is is a name you kind of know, right? But uh, I don't. I think she maybe is miscast in this in this in this movie. I would have loved to see her and the Jeannie Bell role. I would have loved to see them flip oh, roles a little bit. Yeah. Um. Because because Trina Parks is a taller woman, mm-hmm. so more of an imposing figure. Sure. Um. I think with Jeannie Bell and Roseanne Caton, they're both of the same kind of like size and stature. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like, except for Jeannie Bell was running away, running around on this hot island on a turtleneck for some reason. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you really couldn't tell the, the two apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Roseanne Caton saved the film. And then Jane Curtin, who, in 1976, is on her way to becoming the sex symbol yeah. of black America yeah. in, in 1976. Um, because of roles like this, because of she's she's on television, she becomes like a sports sports broadcaster, um, and kind of like like a like a media personality yeah. on television, um, famously married to Leon Isaac Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh she becomes like the sex symbol. And to be fair, like Vince said, she is a gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. But she is not, and history has shown, she is not an actress. I was about to say, you don't you don't hire Jane Kennedy for her acting. You don't, but but there, but the problem is, is that her role in this film as more or less the um the the mistress of the guy, the 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 big bad running the island, mm-hmm. um, who has a complicated history 
um, and story because of that, uh, because she once was on the plantations and kind of like made her way into the house. Right. You know, they even call her, uh, uh, call her out on that in this film. Um, she's, she's supposed to like bring you have some gravitas. Like there's, you're supposed to kind of like be rooting for her a little bit into the movie until the movie right. tells you she's supposed actually to. supposed to be a tragic figure. No, I get you. I, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And and she does not pull it off at all. No, not at all. So so you don't care because everything else right. is happening in the movie. Now, does the movie have faults? Yes. Is it a little too long? Sure. They could have cut off a good 20 minutes off this movie. And it's a short movie. It's a short movie. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, dude, they go through the wood. They 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 do eventually. Eventually they escape. Because why not? Everybody they came for is dead. So right. they might as well just, <laughs> they might as well just leave. Um so eventually they just said, Well, yeah. going home. Yeah, let's just uh, go ahead and yeah. just get out of here. Yeah. Uh but even then it takes them for Ever the they go back and forth. It's it's it it does become a bit tedious at the end, but you still find yourself at the end like, okay, the mothers. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with everything you just said. This was zippy. This had a lot of energy. This is a kind of film that made me love black exploitation films. Mm-hmm, From mm-hmm. the opening with them on this ship, and there's like this real slick '70s pre-disco the music soundtrack. Yeah. The music yeah. is is jamming, and 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 Jeannie Bell at Jeannie Bell is not a great actress, but you could tell she enjoyed being in this role. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell she enjoyed being in a lead role, playing someone like this. This is our follow-up to TNT. Yeah. Jackson. Roseanne Caton, I agree with everything you said. Like Roseanne Caton actually had personality. Yes. And I have to say Roseanne Caton had so much personality. And I thought a bit of chemistry with Gene Bell. Like I bought them as kind of friends. Well, that's because she's a good actress. Right. You know, kind of captain and and first mate that we're talking about it being too long at an hour and 20 minutes, which I also agree with you. Like, once they escape, it is sort of a drudge. I could have spent no exaggeration, a half hour before they got on the island. Oh just yeah. Exploring, yeah, just exploring their relationship. This world yeah, yeah, yeah. of this racially mixed mm-hmm. black female led mm-hmm. crew of pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Sailing the seas in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, t- going, you know, take, you know, uh, from the rich right, more or less. You know, raiding these luxury mm-hmm. ships. They have a rival pirate crew yeah. that they're kind of dealing with. With with four lines, they could have done something akin to uh, what they did with the Black Manta character mm-hmm. in DC Comics and in the film Aquaman, where they could have said part of the reason that we're doing this is because of racism and sexism yeah. on land. Yeah. But we can be equal on the sea. It's zippy. Those it, lines don't exist. In they this don't film. exist in this film at all. 
it was just me thinking, wow, it would have been neat if they mm -hmm. had done that. Once you get to the island, I have to say, as someone, you know, joking, referring to us joking before we started the review, as someone who has watched a lot of exploitation films, including the prison, the, the women's prison exploitation, which is a subgenre in and of itself. This, you know, Gene Bell is topless twice. It's not titillating. No. no. It's not that exploitive. Not really, because both but, of them are like like showers. Right, like ones. you want to call, you know, oh, women's prison, and you think, but it really is fairly benign from, yeah. from so even that, which I think keeps people from these movies, mm -hmm. isn't really there. Yeah. Jane Kennedy, look, I agree someone could have done better in this role than Jane Kennedy just because almost anyone would have done better in the role. But God damn, Jane Kennedy in 1976 is actually a vision. And Jane Kennedy on that horse, just riding back and forth. Yeah. I said, okay, you, you, you have proved why you're in the film. The interesting thing to your point about Jane Kennedy being this emerging cultural figure is that in between when the film was made and when it was released on VHS and, and in subsequent years, she became this star. So like, if you look at posters and, and like the cover art, yeah. For, now, for this film it's like you think is all jane kennedy all yeah. the time because she's the big one but yeah i'm like you i really i really enjoyed the spirit of it i think yeah like i really enjoyed the spirit of it so much so that the many issues as a film i just I, I I I just didn't mind it because you you know if you get bored is like by the time you get bored Trina Parks is gonna get bitten in the breast by a snake or, <laughs> you know or somebody's they're gonna be shooting people with with cannons actual cannons the actual cannons actual cannons you know the bad guy at the end gets cut down with a Gatling gun yes and Roseanne Caton throws a knife in his throws back a knife in his back. Cause she gonna get it. Cause she gonna get him one yeah. way or the other. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. And also, not for nothing, um, you know, we're making fun of of the film and the work of Serial uh, Santiago. This 1976, he's still kind of like you can tell he's still got a bit of a budget he's working with. Yeah. It's not a bad looking movie. No, you know what I mean. No. Like you know. Um, and it, it, there are actually some some images that are really nice. It's a really cool image that he, he repeats where you see the schooner just in silhouette against like the, the setting sun. And it's like, I'm like, oh, look, we're joking about the costumes, but they're, they're distinctive costumes. They are. Like these, this looks like there was a wardrobe budget mm -hmm. and there was some thought yeah. to the wardrobe and 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 you know i'm joking about the red scarves and all but they are they really had distinctive looks yeah so i i yeah i liked it i liked it i i had never heard of this movie no me neither yeah i'd never heard of this movie and somehow this was a hole in my black exploitation stuff and i you know i feel like i saw well i know i saw tnt jackson and i feel feel like I saw Ebony, Ivory, and Jade. 
Mm, I know I've never seen that. Yeah, well, you you know, like we, you were talking about Rose. I don't remember Roseanne Caton from saying elsewhere. I remember Roseanne Caton from um her work in the seventies and because my dad subscribed to Playboy. Like I remember she was in Playboy, <laughs> and then I saw her on TV, and it was like, wow, I I can't believe she's just everywhere, and she's she was always amazing. And she this adds side note. Mm-hmm. Recently, like a, maybe about a now, I guess maybe almost a month ago, uh, but a few weeks ago, I was out in New Hope, mm-hmm. and just randomly in this in this shop, and they had old Playboys there. Yeah, right. And you know, I'm about to re- redo my basement out, and I got like a spinner rack down there. I was thinking about something cool for like a spinner rack, and I was looking through, but I, I old Playboys. I looked through some old Playboys. And it had an old Playboy, a downtown Julie Brown. On the yeah, remember from I remember MTV that. Fan? Yeah, oh yeah. And it was like five bucks. Yeah. So I said, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get old Playboys yeah. with black, black women on the cover. On the cover. Because that is few and far between. It is. It is. Very I don't few. know if you can fill up a whole rack. Well, I'm going to see if I can't fill up. Yeah. So I, I, they only had downtown Julie Brown there. So I got that mm-hmm. there. And then just this weekend, I've got, for me, what is the holy grail of mm-hmm. these um, from 1988, April of 1988. And that would be Ola Ray. No, that would be Vanity. Oh, In April of 1988 right. is when I turned 21. Because that was the first Playboy that did, I bought did you legally. Buy, you could oh, buy yourself. Dude, I was on my way to, in here in Philadelphia, Fat mm-hmm. Jack's. To buy comics mm-hmm. with the twenty bucks that I had for I got for my twenty one bucks that I got for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go buy comics. Yeah, at Fat Jacks, and I passed the bookstore, and in the in the window it was Vanity. Was Vanity April nineteen eight my twenty first birthday? I said, "Oh, happy birthday!" Yeah, and I put and I bought it. Bought Vanity, and, and and here it was. I just saw it just this weekend. Gripped it up. There you go. And now I, I didn't even know about Roseanne Kate. And so yeah, yeah. The, the hunt continues. The hunt continues. Yeah. I was thinking I was just going to have to go straight to, uh, I don't know, probably like Ola Ray. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. okay. So yeah, those are Jeannie Bell, Ola Ray, Roseanne Kate. And I just remember those three. And then, you know, I'm sure it's someone after Ola Ray. Well, the one I remember, and I can't, I'm I'm sitting here trying to remember her name. The woman who the, who was the woman from Shalimar, and then had a successful single single career. Oh, that's um Jody Watley. Jody Watley, I remember Jody Watley. In who the looks like downtown Julie Brown? Yes. Or downtown Julie Brown, I think emulated Jody Watley's look. Uh, yeah, I probably yeah. say that. But Jody mm-hmm. Watley, I remember shows up in in, in uh, Playboy. I think in the nineties. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That aside, done. That, that. Uh, but uh, George Kimono wants to know Vanessa Williams don't get any love. No, she doesn't because damn. No, no, no. But here's the reason. Okay. Because I believe, first of all, I don't believe. I'm not sure whether or not Vanessa Williams shows up on in Playboy. She was in Penthouse. It was Penthouse, mm-hmm. and those weren't like she didn't want those pictures to be. She released. didn't want those pictures. And since we're here, the fascinating thing about her appearance in Penthouse. You can't get those anymore. Yeah, because I think they've been like scrubbed out of circulation, but right? But the reason isn't Vanessa Williams. Oh, why? That was the issue that Tracy Lords was in. 
Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, Tracy Lords infamously lied about her age. And Tracy Lords was a, a famous porn, porn star of the and, 80s. And B-movie actress. But that's the issue with Tracy Lords, where I believe she's only 16. Yo. So that actually falls under child pornography. Interesting. So you're not allowed to, to sell or buy that issue of Playboy. I mean, of Penthouse. Interesting. Because of Tracy Lords. Wow. So in a lot of ways, that's like, you know, Vanessa Williams obviously wanted them out of circulate. The one of, of course. Out, and, you know, it's like the best thing that could happen. Yeah. And and just so people know, because this it is kind of old. Oh, yeah. Vanessa Williams um, did a photo shoot where she was... She was nude in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was a photo shoot. But it was for a photographer. Was, yeah. was before she was Vanessa Williams, mm -hmm. before she won the the um Miss America. Miss America. And she it was never meant for publication. Right. But once she won Miss America, all of a sudden it became a thing and the, the photos sold the photos. Sold those to, the pen, to penthouse. And she had to relinquish her crown. Oh, right. Famously. Yeah. But, but not our hearts, because our heart. No, I got love for. for well, I think Miss, I think the Miss America pageant apologized eventually last year. Yeah, I mean, it's the, only been yeah, in the like, past couple of years. Yeah, 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 for something that happened almost over yeah. thirty years mm -hmm. ago. I mean, it's the best thing that happened to her career. Like her, like that whole who. Oh, oh, do you mean the as best far as thing the, that could have started her career? Right, right. It's not the best thing that happened no, in her no. career. Well, I mean, it's the best thing that could have happened. Could have happened at that time. Because, you know, gun to the head of anyone on earth, name one other Miss America. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Including a sister. Uh, I remember Suzette Charles because she's a sister who became Miss America after Vanessa Williams right. had to step down. But now I'm done. And I can't believe I pulled Suzette Charles just now. Yeah. There's another one. I can't think of her. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Lee. Well, the question, we're not done. I was going to say, the question, though. <laughs> yes. As we're talking about black playmates and. We got distracted. Late 80s, early 90s pornography. I see Dylan making a list of playboys. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you recommend the mothers? You know, I will recommend the mothers, but with a caveat. Okay. Because this is definitely one of those films that I would recommend for a group of people. No doubt. A group of people to sit and kind of just have fun watching. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna sit down for like, oh, I want to sit down for a good movie. Sure. And watch them. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. But with a bunch of friends sitting, chilling, maybe. Um, and like you said, there, there's barely any nudity. So you can kind of like even watch this, like, you know, like out back at a cookout or something sure. like that. Um, just a, a piece of silly fun, maybe at the barbershop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would recommend it for that. What about I, you? I, I, I agree. I think this is almost the platonic ideal of a black exploitation film. That, like you said, you watch with a group, mm -hmm. some wings, some nachos, yeah. some type of beverage, and and it's zippy enough that that for for our purposes, as you said, it drags a bit. But truth be told, the drag is maybe about ten minutes. Yeah, because the movie's only an hour and twenty mm -hmm. minutes, so you know you're in and out. 
It's 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 lively. The soundtrack is fun. So yeah, I would recommend it too under those conditions. There you go. So that's the mothers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week and give you a preview of our September Doc to School, mm-hmm. I invite you to follow the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made, and go to MichelleMission.com where you can check out swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts and shirts such as this mm-hmm. that we have available for you by way of our good friends at T Public. You can also follow the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, the social media formerly known as Twitter, um, at Michelle Mission, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. You can also subscribe to the Michelle Mission on the podcast Chasha of your choice or more specifically on YouTube, where many of you are watching us as we stream live now. We have new videos and shorts going up there all the time. Um, look up at me show mission, hit that bell. So you will know when we have post a new video, uh, and you can be notified of when we are go live every Tuesday night and tell a friend so we can build up our subscribers. We're this close to a thousand subscribers. It would be really cool to get that like one K right there. You know, like we're we're, we're babies at this. We're Mm -hmm. babies. Mm -hmm. We're babies. Helps us grow. Mm -hmm. Please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, don't do that voice. That's that's disturbing. <laughs> that was a little unsettling. Never do that again. Well, well, that's yeah. Okay, so I won't do that again, and you won't do that. Whatever you were doing earlier again. <laughs> yeah, but that was before we were taping. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, strike that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> see, I would have done that on camera. Um, where was I? Oh, the Michelle Mission (laughs) streams live right here from Young Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Go to videocontentfactory.com and subscribe your time now. And one of the beautiful studios that we have, they have here um, and get a hold of Terry or any one of the great producers here at uh, Young Junk so they can produce your podcast. We'll even let, you know, Dylan, like, show them what to do. Dylan is our producer, okay? We'll just let you know that. Um, I think he may have a twin brother named Dylan here, so he might help you when you're here. Anyway, um, the show mission, you can also email us. Your, your thoughts and opinions at, at michellemission at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail. 215-867-9666. That's 215-867-9666. Your voicemail or your email will be heard here on the show. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, the, and, and thank you, uh, Deborah Battle and George George Kimona, because the other Miss USA that I was trying to think of from the 90s was Kenya Moore. Okay. Right. She was Miss USA. She won Miss America. Yeah. Well, well you know, she was Miss USA. I remember her. Okay. And then, you know, she had a, 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 you know, decent run as an actress. Sure. Okay. All right. I like Kenya Moore. Hey, man. She was pretty. I ain't mad at Kenya Moore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we kick off our new 
annual feature, Doc to School, where we will be reviewing documentaries all during the month of September. And we have four great ones we do for you this year to kick things off. Um, and I'm going to go in reverse order. Um, so we will be reviewing a band called Death. Yeah. From 2012. Yeah. It's all about uh, like a, a, a punk rock yeah. band yeah. from the, the 70s. First punk rock bands. Yeah. So that, yeah. that promises to be mm -hmm. really, really cool. We're going to be reviewing a a documentary called I Called Him Morgan. Yeah. Which is about the great jazz trumpeter. Mm -hmm. um, is it a, Philadelphia's own? Philadelphia own Lee Morgan. Lee Morgan, right? Yeah, right. Um, and his like uh, like his life. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a, a a documentary that I don't know if a lot of people know about, but it's really really tight. Um, so we're going to be doing that. We got a very special debuting on Labor Day here uh, worldwide on CNN is a great documentary, Little Richard, I Am Everything. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Yes, that is directed by new friend of the show, mm -hmm. Lisa Cortez. Yes. And Lisa Gort Cortez will be joining yes, us. She will. To review Little Richard, yeah. I Am Everything yeah. this month. Yeah. In September. That promises to be a really, really fun. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. We had a great time when she came here to Philadelphia for the Black Star Film Festival. And we sat with her reviewing her other documentary on Black Astronauts, The Space Race. Yeah. And we hit it off great with her. Yeah. Um, it's a great documentary. It, too. What, The Space Race? Yeah. Oh, The Space oh, Race is. is I've, been, I've been talking about it. It's amazing. Nonstop since we saw it. It's amazing. And yeah. Lisa is a. She's she's so down to earth, so real. Um, you are going to love her, and yeah, we absolutely can't wait for her, her to join us um, here on the Michelle Mission. And next week, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, uh, we kick things off with a a documentary that has been threatened to make make itself known here on the mission. Since the mission began. Yeah. And more than a few of you have come to us when you start talking about documentaries, even when you just talk, start talking about films that we should review. This is a film that has been on more than a few of the missionaries um, lips and in, in their emails. And we are finally doing it. Vincent selected it uh, to kick off things next week from 1990. Yeah. Paris is burning. Paris is burning. Look at the ball culture in New York City um, that is a certified classic yeah. documentary. Yeah, absolutely. And a proper way to kick off Doc to School yeah. here on the Michelle Mission. Absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. That's next week here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. Parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. <laughs>